Good morning, hockey fans, and welcome back to RinkWise, New England's premier hockey podcast produced by the New England Hockey Journal. I'm your host, Stephanie Wood. We're wishing everyone a very happy new year and can't wait to kick off the 2023 hockey coverage. Joining us in studio again, our very own Evan Miranovsky. Welcome back. Stephanie, I'm happy to be here. Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year to all the listeners. It's a little, I guess it's kind of late to say Happy New Year a little bit, but it's, it's our first podcast of the new year. I'm very excited to kick off this new year with great hockey coverage. Yes, getting to some boys prep hockey talk. What's better than that? Definitely nothing. And you're right. We've had a really exciting 2022 start to the season so far. And we kicked off the prep season a few weeks ago with a bit of a preview. And we want to revisit that. We've had a a chance to see some teams, see what they can do. And let's start with that preview. How have the teams measured up in your eyes so far? I don't like to celebrate takes too early, right? Like it's middle of the season, but I do think we can celebrate some takes we had. I know here at the Journal, we had Cushing as the number one team at the preseason. They are still in the mix. Their number, uh, last uh, Jeff Cox's last rankings were December 23rd uh, for boys prep hockey, and Cushing was number two. So Cushing, again, they have not lost in regulation yet at the time of recording this. They've been outstanding so far. Cushing's been terrific. I mean, again, at the time of recording, Landon Resendez is tied for the, the lead in points in all of prep hockey, 24 points, 12 goals, 12 assists <laughs> in 12 games, which is pretty good. Ethan Gardula has been great. Emerson Marshall, that first line has been um, maybe the best line in prep hockey. And on D, Zach Rizzo, Ryan Philbrick, two kids we highlighted at the beginning of the year have also been great. And it just worked. They started the year off tying Dexter, which was a little weird. They had some ties at the beginning of the year, but they found their game. I think they've won two tournaments. So, so far, I mean, Cushing, through the time of recording this, Cushing is, again, we had them on the cover, as you remember, and we had Cushing as potentially an, a force in the Elite Eight. And so far, there's no reason to think that they won't be. So I guess we get to, <laughs> we get to celebrate that we were right about that, which is never a bad thing, right? No, that is great. And I, I remember when we did first start this preview, you had them, so Evan's list right off the bat, Cushing was your number one. And you were really excited about them. And of course, we had Paul Pearl on here doing yes. the show, and he we got to listen to him and his insight on the, the team. And now, in your opinion, do you still feel like they have all the tools to finish off the, the great year that they're having and, and make a run for that championship at the end. Yeah, I do. I think they're they're well positioned for it. I mean, you just look at the top line. The depth is there. I don't think it's there maybe as much as was said at the beginning of the year, but I do think they have a lot of depth. But again, I mean, like Landon Resendez is one of the most dynamic players in prep hockey. You think Ardula is a terrific playmaker. Emerson Marshall kind of makes it all work as well. And they have good guys on defense. And to me, I think that team is just well-rounded. And Paul Pearl's an experienced coach like I think that also there's a lot of great coaches in prep hockey he's definitely one of them um and I think again I mean I remember writing that story and those and I remember talking to those kids and they were just so driven to get back there and I think when you get kind of humiliated the way that they did in the elite eight last year that sticks like kids don't forget that they didn't forget that and I think that's motivating them a lot this year and they're doing really well to start the year now there is a team that has emerged as number one, at least last time we did the rankings. And they recently lost Avon Old Farms. Avon's been dominant to start the year. They they won their own tournament, the Christmas Classic. Joe Connor has been one of the best players in prep hockey by far. Northeastern commit. Northeastern guy, Stephanie's. One of you. You can't go wrong with that, right? Can't beat that. He must be pretty good. He must be pretty good. Only the best players go to Northeastern. But but I do think with, with, with Avon, even though they recently lost, I think Avon and Cushing 
to me so far have been there's another team actually I would put in the mix for number one, but those two teams so far have been really outstanding. No question, and and that was certainly our our preseason prediction. And talk about the depth of the teams for a second. So we had Cushing at being able to run four lines pretty consistently, and that's that's pretty exceptional. You have yeah. some college programs that can't run four lines consistently, and even at the prep level, you're lucky to get two, obviously one really good line, but to have two or three lines that you can run consistently, four is exceptional. And yeah. we know, as as we said, I think with these some of these top programs, it's going to be a real battle of the heavyweights as we get down the road. And Avon, obviously exceptional. And let's talk about their loss for a second. Now, it's a long season, a lot of hockey. It's a grind. Do you think that loss was warranted? Did they get outplayed? Did they just not show up? Did they have a No, a so they lost 3-2 to two to Taft. It was the first loss of the season. And they had 57 shots on net, and Taft had 14. So, I mean, again, Stephen Peck in, for Avon's been terrific, a terrific goaltender to start the year. Let in 11 on 14 shots. It's one game. It's early January. I can't sit here and, and proclaim that that means anything. What I will say, though, is shout-out to Taft goalie Rudy Giamond. Yale commit. 55 saves on 57 shots. That is believable. You don't need me to tell you how great that is. And I think when you look at... To me, the takeaway from that game was not that Avon lost. It was, look what it takes to beat Avon. I think that's the real takeaway from that game. Because if you need 57... if, if If you need to make over 50 saves... Now, again, that's not every game. But if that's what it's going to take... That's an issue <laughs> for teams going up against Avon. Now, it's going to be very interesting to me, Avon's schedule coming up these next couple of weeks. Kent is a very good team. They have them coming up in about a week from when we're recording. They have Salisbury February 18th. Unfortunate that we have to wait that long for those two teams to clash. That's going to be when that is. And it's an interesting... Loomis Chafee, Frederick Gunn, both have been very good this year. And Avon has both of those coming up in the next month, month and a half. So it's going to be interesting to see how Avon does in their own, in their own neck of the woods. But so far, I mean, Avon has been... They were number one as of December 23rd. I'm curious... Jeff Cox has not, we're waiting on the, the, the rankings will come out this week. We also have a coaches poll coming out sometime soon. So from when we're recording, and I'm very interested in when, in what the coaches put as a number one team, because I do think there's another number one team, potential number one team, and that's Nobles. Nobles has been great. 10-1-1, one one, seven-game win streak. Thatcher Bernstein and Nett obviously is elite, arguably the best goalie in prep hockey. I think we're going to get into recruiting later in this episode, and I think he's someone that a lot of people have their eye on. But Nobles has been great. Nobles has been really good. They've handled the ISL well. They didn't they didn't do so hot in the Floodmar, but it hasn't really mattered against their record that much. So, but those are the three teams I think so far that I look at as number one worthy. Well, that's really interesting because particularly Nobles because in our preseason top 10, we actually didn't even have them listed on the boys' side. So no. that certainly spices things up. And yes. it's great for them to y- really yeah. come into the season hot. It is. And I think it's always funny to see the preseason top 10. And in the preseason top 10, I'm, I'm kind of looking through it now, and there's no team in here, to me at least, that's completely fallen off. Like, no one has been bad of, the, of those teams. Kent had some injuries earlier in the season. They might not be in the top 10 at the moment, but they easily could. Again, they they 7-4-0 as of right now. Holderness, we had at number 8. They're a team that's in the mix. St. Mark's is very much in the mix. at number. We had them at number 9 to begin the year. Brunswick's an interesting one, but again, I 7-5-0, I don't... I, I, they might not be in the top 10, but again, as I said, no one has fallen off. No one's been a shocker. Um, 
I, the only team, like Belmont Hill was in the Elite Eight, the finals last year. But again, like they lost a ton. And it's still the beginning of the year. That's the other thing, Stephanie, that I keep having to remind myself. Like when I go and watch these games and a team doesn't play, like Dexter's had some, some difficulties at times, right? Dexter had some trouble scoring at the beginning of the year. And I'd watch the games and I'd, you'd be like, wow, they really got to fix it. And then I'm like, it's like December 17th. <laughs> There's a long season left. We're fine. They're fine. Everyone's fine. You notice as a coach, right? Like the beginning of the season, it's it's it takes time sometimes to get off the ground, right? Oh, it, it definitely does. And we, we did talk about this. And the, the prep scene is particularly interesting because you start your season – so you kind of get into a bit of a rhythm and you get consistent practices. And then the prep, they take a much longer holiday break. So it's almost like this this big break right in the middle of your season. Yeah. So again, if you can envision that, like you, you start off and you, you kind of get going, you get some momentum. As you, a lot of coaches, it, it takes time to really establish some a good chemistry on your lines and et cetera. So you get going and you have this big break. So really the season in my opinion, kind of gets going. We saw a glimpse before the holidays, but then it really gets going right now. And, and that's the tough part. Like that's the it's like at the beginning of the season is so hyped up. You're so and you and as Stephanie was like you're so amped to get going and you have you're you're you getting consistent games and then the holiday break comes and it all stops. And, so, and, and granted, like, some teams are still in action. They, they were boys prep tournaments. There were some uh, right before the new year and, and right after. But not every team's in action. And I always just find it interesting, the fact that these teams started off so hot, I think is indicative of long-term success. But, I mean, we saw last year with Salisbury. Salisbury did not start off that great. They went on a crazy run. I think they won 18 of the last 19 games last year. And then they won the freaking Elite Eight Cup. Uh, they won the Elite Eight. So, uh, to me, I just look at... Um, how things go throughout the season. And I find it impressive that Avon, Nobles, Cushing are at the top. And I'm very curious as to what the coach's poll says, which as the time of recording, the coach's poll is due in like less than an hour. So I'm very interested to see the results of who the coaches pick as the number one team. As of right now, I think it'll already be out by the time you guys are listening and you can let us know what you think of that. I imagine it'll be very measured responses. But yeah, I mean, Avon, Nobles, and Cushing to me seem like the teams at the top right now. And boys... New England Hockey Journal's Rinkwise podcast will return after this message. Want to improve your hockey skills? Join the pros and try Sense Arena Hockey, a VR training tool available for both players and goalies. Elevate your game by improving your decision-making read and react skills. Train in-game scenario reps with Sense Arena to improve your hockey IQ. Reaction time, puck tracking ability, use of peripheral vision, anytime, anywhere. Play and train in over 500 different game-like scenarios. Don't miss our holiday deal. Save over $500 and get the MetaQuest 2 for free with the purchase of an annual plan. To take advantage of this offer, visit hockey.sensearena.com. That's hockey.sensearena.com. Sense Arena Hockey, training the next generation. Catch the Sacred Heart University Pioneers on the ice this season. The Pioneers Division I men and women's hockey programs will not disappoint. Season ticket packages and individual tickets are on sale now at sacredheartpioneers.com. And opening in 2023, Sacred Heart University's Martiri Family Arena, a brand new 122,000 square foot premier skating facility in Fairfield, Connecticut. Learn more at sacredheartpioneers.com. 
Are you serious about playing your sport in college? Do you need a flexible education that allows you to maintain your practice and competition schedules while also preparing you to succeed at the next level? You should check out the University of Nebraska High School. UNHS is accredited and offers more than 100 online courses, including NCAA-approved courses to protect your academic eligibility. Students could earn a UNHS diploma or take a single course for transfer credit. Courses are college prep, self-paced, and available 24-7, 365. Enroll anytime and take up to a year to complete a course. Visit highschool.nebraska.edu today. Talking about Avon for a second, I mean, a big program like that, sometimes it's also great to get experience at loss early in the season. And a team that's somewhat invincible quote, is in fact beatable. Yeah. So you've looked at it from both sides that, as you said, what it takes to really beat a program like that. I mean, you put up almost 60 shots on net. I mean, that's (laughs) insane. Absurd. Right. But on the flip side, they lost the game. So it's, you look at it from different angles. Like it's, I know from a coaching perspective, it's, it is great to, if you're going to lose a game, you don't want it to be your last game of the season. So yeah, that's a big one. <laughs> to experience a little bit of that adversity. And on, on their end, they almost did put up 60 shots. But you know what? They still didn't win the game. So there's yeah. always things that you can take from that and do better. And clearly they have to find some different ways to score. It didn't work in that game. And again, on the flip side, they're beatable. Yeah. Somebody and, beat them. Yeah, and you're 100% right. And I also think you just look at the lineup. Um, and again, like Joe Connor. 20 points, 10 games, one of three players in prep averaging two points per game or more. You also look at Charlie Golub, who's been a huge p- part of that offense, Joe Odiniak. And I just think, like, with with they have the guys at the top, and it's going to be very interesting to see how they age over the course of the season, how the team kind of evolves, because that ha- that team has a history of success. Like, Avon Old Farms, Avon Old Farms for a reason. And I- I'm curious, we talked in the early part of the year, like, who can knock off Salisbury? Avon was one of those teams, and now it's sort of flipped. I am so curious as to how that game goes on February 18th, which, again, is a long time from now. It'll be here before you know it. But, I mean, there's, there's a lot of other good teams as well. I mean, Tilton... He's had a great start, nine and two. St. Mark's eight and two. Taft seven and two. Tabor eight two and two. So again, like to me, um, we didn't. We had St. Mark's in the preseason top ten, but we had Tilton was ranked eleventh in our last rankings. So, I mean, I, I think there's a lot of good teams as there always is. But you're, you're adding. It's not just the typical. It's not just a typical Salisbury's and Avon's and, and, and even Nobles. You have St. Mark's in there and Tilton. I mean, I remember talking to Carl Corzini at the beginning of the year, the St. Mark's head coach, Framingham guys, just like me. And I remember him saying, I want this team to get to that next level. I think we mentioned this even in the first podcast. Like, they're a team that they felt they were on the bubble of the Elite Eight every year, and they're really trying to kind of get over that hump. And I think they, when it comes to talent that can put you into that category, like, Richard Gallant can do that. Richard will get it to into recruiting, as I said later in this episode, but Gallant has been unbelievable this year. And he missed the first couple games with injury, but I mean, since then, 15 points, seven games, tons of speed, great playmaker, potential NTDP candidate down the road. So, I mean, he's someone that, he, he's only a sophomore, he's only an 07. And so I think a guy like him, can put a really elevate a St. Mark's. This guy's around him, Sebby Johnson and others who are very, very good. But St. Mark's is an interesting team. They're an interesting team because they're fast, very good up front, and they've sort of found 
a goalie in net with Jeevan and Anand. So it's an interesting bunch out at St. Mark's. An interesting bunch. Interesting for sure. And we were we are definitely going to have some really big games coming up, really exciting games. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a really exciting second half of the season, I think. And I think you, you brought up a good point that keep in mind, if we want to call this the second half of the season now coming up, we're, we're going to start to see really what teams can do. I think we saw a glimpse before the holidays, and now we're really going to start to see what teams can do. And I think folks should also keep in mind that Sometimes with the rosters, you're not seeing the full picture. So, for example, St. Mark's, Richard Gallant coming back from injury, you know, mm-hmm. that makes a, that's a game changer yeah, on a team. Yeah, it's a huge and difference. One thing to note as well, I know that with a lot of schools and teams and programs, they experience the flu hitting their teams hard. Yes. That, that oh. impacted a lot of teams. And I know at times having six, seven, eight kids out at once. And so... You know, that that kind of stuff makes an impact, and you don't always see that from the outside. So I think as we get going here in the second half, you're going to really start to see some some teams emerge and, and really start to see what they can do. Yeah, you forget that all these kids are together in a locker room, like a Petri dish of germs, which is never fun. <laughs> this Your teams go through this. I do. Yes. I remember you telling me your team went through this recently. Yes. But, I mean, credit to people for your teams for overcoming that. I remember when I was playing, just when the flu bug and the, the colds hit in December, January, it was miserable kids sniffling whatever i don't want to get into that it's not even fun to talk about but one team i do want to talk about that we have yet to mention milton milton academy won the floodmar which i think surprised some people oh took down kimball union who not they did all right in the floodmar very kimball union's a terrific team didn't do so hot in the true prep hockey uh the the true prep hockey cup at merrimack last weekend from when we were recording um but Milton is an interesting team because they have they don't have a Maddie Beneers like they used to, but they have a lot of really good talent. Like Mika Kalishan, I think it, I love watching him play. Really fast, shifty forward. Again, doesn't jump off the page, but he gets the job done. Will Kanata is another one. Mason Chen on the back end. Dylan Hunt. Like and Dylan Hunt's a guy who we'll get into again with recruiting later. But I just. Milton's a team that I remember Paul Kanata telling me before the season, like they've hit, they've had some adversity the past couple of years with COVID and other things. And he feels like this is kind of the year where it can all come together. And they lost a lot of one goal games last year. And I think this year the tides have shifted and eight, three and two as we sit here and they were ranked in, in, in Jeff Cox's rankings, they were ranked on December 23rd, number four. So like, again, they've had some losses since, but they're a solid team. Like, they're a good team. Sam Caulfield and Net won Floodmar MVP and was outstanding in net. I mean, he made some saves against Salisbury that saved them the tournament in overtime. I mean, it was incredible to watch. And I just think they're a team that's motivated. And Paul Kanata is an outstanding coach. And it would not surprise me if they make a lot of noise down the stretch. But the problem is they're in the ISL. <laughs> it's a great, great great bunch of hockey teams St. Sebastian's and and all the and 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 St. Mark's and all these other teams so but Milton's a team I want to mention because they were they were very good in the flood bar New England Hockey Journal's Rinkwise podcast will return after this message do you want to skate fast for 50 years Laura Stam instructors have taught youth players to pros how to skate correctly powerfully and fast Players who attend Laura Stam power skating programs learn how to skate fast by learning how to execute every maneuver in hockey. They become powerful, stable, efficient, and explosively fast skaters. 
If you can't wait for a clinic, join our subscription skills video service and we'll show you the skills taught at our clinics in an easy-to-use video format with training plans to guide your training. Register or subscribe now at laurastam.com. That's L-A-U-R-A-S-T-A-M-M.com. You can learn to skate fast. Do you want to become a better hockey player this summer with Paul Vincent Hockey? Since 1972, Paul Vincent, currently the head skills instructor of the Florida Panthers, has been developing NHL and college hockey players. Paul Vincent stands by his saying, there is always room for player development. Players such as Patrick Kane, Jonathan Taves, Keith Yandel, Matt Grizzlick, Patrick Sharp, Adam Oates, and many more have trained with Coach Vincent and his staff and have outstanding results. Join Paul Vincent this summer at one of his four Massachusetts locations, Canton, Saugus, Middleton, and Falmouth on Cape Cod. To reserve your spot today, go to pvhockey.com or call 978-807-4070. That's pvhockey.com or call 978-807-4070. Paul Vincent is ready to get back to work this summer. Are you? I want to let you know about a great team that is training the next generation of hockey players. It's Bando Performance. Their experts work with hockey players at all levels, from youngsters to Olympians right on up to the pros. And I'm going to tell you how to get a great deal with them in just a sec. Bando Performance's small classes ensure the best odds for success for athletes looking to increase power and performance as well as their nutrition and health. It has the same high-tech equipment you'll find in NHL weight rooms that hockey players use to increase their strength, speed, and power. I told you I could save you some money on this, so listen up. Go to bando-performance.com and pick a training program that's right for you. And this is the good part. For RinkWise listeners, use the discount code BANDO30OFF to get a 30% discount. That's bando-performance.com with the code BANDO30OFF and see your performance improve immediately. As you mentioned, playing the ISL, you really don't get a break. Oh. It's almost like playing in Hockey East, if you will, on, yeah. on the men's college side. You just Every game is a tough game, and you have to show up every single game. But on the flip side, hopefully if they can continue to show well, the, the prep scene uses an RPI ranking, so essentially the strength of schedule plays a big factor in the postseason and how the teams fall out. So if they can continue to win games and show well, that should hopefully help them when they get to the, the postseason. Yeah. I mean, again, they're they're built for it. They're Again, it's hard to use the word star power, but while they might not have like that, that perennial star player, they are, they've been, they've been good. And it's interesting to watch them. Another team that's interesting that we kind of hit on at the beginning was Dexter. So Dexter's an interesting team because obviously a powerhouse in prep, 6-5-3 and three to start. They've had some trouble scoring up front, generating offense. The big guys up there, Nate Porter, Cullen Emery, Connor Sutherland, they've been good. I think that they believe they have more to give. On defense, the interesting one is Sean Cohane. Cohane's an interesting case because... Coming into this year, Cohen again, Harvard commit. We did a story on him back at the end of the summer on him deciding to stay at Dexter instead of going to the USHL. A guy that a lot of NHL teams are watching. There's a lot of scouts at these Dexter games because he's draft eligible and he's, I believe, 6'4". He is a very strong defenseman and he has a pro build. He is a He's built like a pro. People are watching him for the draft and... 
I think people were expecting him to, I know the role that he's doing at Dexter this year is he's a do-it-all defenseman. He's running the power. He's quarterback in the power play. He is uh, obviously killing penalties. He's out there the most. He's skating the puck. He's moving all these things. And he's been solid so far. He's had his ups and downs. But I think, you know, when he gets to, my take on it is this, when he gets to the USHL levels, when he gets to the college level, he's going to be a different defenseman. He's going to be more defensive. He'll, he can move the puck. He's a great skater. He can move the puck, but he, he's not inherently like an offensive puck-moving defenseman. He's more of a shutdown, two-way, but leans defensive type defenseman. And I think teams are watching him and going, oh, he's not doing as much as he should. He's not dominating the way he should be. But I think when he, my two cents on it, and I think I might be in the minority here, but I think when he gets to the USHL and college levels and even the NHL, he's a solid defensive defenseman. Like, there's nothing wrong with that. But I think people are kind of expecting him to be this do-it-all kind of like Fisher with St. Mark's last year, where he was, I think, at 51 points. <laughs> it was absurd. And I, 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 so far, I think Cohane, last time I checked, I think had like had like six points. There's seven now, seven and 15, which is fine. But I think they just, they expect more out of him. And it'll be interesting to watch how he plays in the, in the rest of this season. Because he's a great defenseman. He's a really good defenseman, kind of playing a lot of different roles right now. But it's, I, I will say, I think Dexter is doing the right thing with, with Cohane in the sense that he decided to stay he's dominant he's a great player let him play everything you you probably have similar situations with with your players like maybe at the next level they're not um running a power play but at this level let him run it so that's how i look at it yeah and i think that's a great point i mean depending on the level that players are playing i mean he's he is a defenseman after all right? yes and <laughs> his job is to defend so is that a bit of an issue for dexter as a season progresses if they are relying that heavily on their defensemen to provide substantial offense. Obviously, as you said, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, he had 51, I think, the year before. Oh, no, that was Fisher with St. Mark's, different uh, player. Sorry about that. And but I think uh, it's, a compare, it's a guy that people are kind of comparing. If they're to, relying you know? that heavily on their defensemen to provide a core of their yeah. offense, then that might be an issue for them as the season progresses. Yeah, and I think that's they're trying to figure out, and again, they have the coaching staff there to figure that out. Dan Donato, Will Ortiz, two incredibly smart hockey offensive minds. They will figure it out, and they already are starting to. They were they had a fairly solid. They, they played really well in the True Prep Hockey Cup this past weekend at Merrimack. But you know, again, another one guy I will say though that's stood out to me in the times I've watched Dexter Mick Frechette, senior defenseman, plays on the edge, always gets in scraps. Always lays people out, but he's produced. He always has the puck on his stick. Four goals, a nine points in 15 games. He's been solid. He's been solid. Very curious to see what he does with hockey after Dexter. He's a senior, so I'm curious. He's an 3 what he does going forward. But he's just, he does it all, and he's and he's he always gets in scraps. I've seen Dexter a few times now, and every time I go there, he's always getting in stuff. But he's 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 fiery. You can tell. Sometimes you can tell with players, even from the stands, the fire. And I think he's an interesting one. And they have a solid decor, Dexter. They'll figure it out. They'll be in the mix. They I think their biggest thing is figuring out offensively, hey, how can we score enough to win these games? Which, again, I think is a question that every coach is asking. Can we get enough offense? But it'll be interesting to see what, what happens with them. Yeah, and it sounds like they're really starting to heat up. As, as we said offline, I was up at Merrimack this past weekend, had a chance to see them play. Mm -hmm. They looked great. Yeah, they looked and, good. You, you know, told we, me. You were we, like, oh, they scoring all this. I'm like, oh, yeah. So. Yeah, they, well, they look quick. They look tough. They look physical. And they really kind of dominated the game. So hopefully that's a start for them. And I'm sure we'll see them 
continue to progress and progress as, as we get going here throughout the season. Yeah, I mean, they're an interesting team. They're always in it. I remember Donato telling me at the beginning of the year, they don't uh, they don't have that perennial superstar like a Ryan Donato, but they, they consistently are a force. They'll always be a good team. I think they're another thing in net with Max Gaddy and Paul D'Alessio. They kind of go back and forth. I know, I know Max Gaddy, I think, played the majority of time. The True Prep Hockey Cup team. And there's a lot of those. I mean, there's. I think we're going to see in this next two months, in these next two months, teams emerge that maybe weren't, that kind of had some things to figure out. They're going to settle into their conference schedule and produce. And Dexter, I think, again, they're independent, but I do think that they're a candidate that could potentially snap out of this and start scoring if they figure it out. And I think they probably can figure it out. So we'll see. See what happens. We'll certainly keep an eye on that. And looking at our list that we started with, with the preseason, I know we also had a few teams that were pretty high ranked. We Mm -hmm. had Kimball Union at number two, Brunswick at five. And what are your thoughts on some of those teams? Do you think they've underperformed? Do you think we still have yet to see a lot out of them still throughout the season? I, I think with a team like Kimball Union, I mentioned this a little earlier, I think they're a team that Tim Whitehead's a really smart coach. And with them, I think they're a group that will figure it out. They Jackson Kirkostas, I've been fortunate to see him a few times this year already and just an outstanding talent but they have some really strong players on the back end and I mean you look at their top D pairing of Jack McMinn and Andrew O'Sullivan two younger defensemen who are great puck movers Jack McMinn I got to see him I I watched him a fair amount at the True Prep Cup really good puck mover and, and a great player and I think they and Dan Haru in net is a very strong goalie and Kyle Murray Smith up front they have a very good team even though they, they, they didn't win the Floodmar and they maybe weren't as, they didn't play as great as they wanted to at the True Prep Hockey Cup, it's still early. And I still think once they settle into their own conference schedule, I think they're a team that stays at the top. I, I don't think there's any doubt about that. Brunswick's interesting. Brunswick, obviously, like 7 5 and 0. Oh. True de la Sala is terrific. They won the St. Sebastian's Holiday Tournament. So, again, I think but these teams are fine. These top teams, I think that they, all these teams we've mentioned are in the mix. And I think on January 10th, that's a good thing. I think you want to be in the mix, and, and they are, and, and good for them. Yeah, and essentially it looks like our list to start the season is still pretty much consistent. And, yeah, and those teams it's in are, the same. We're not, no, we're not crazy in any of those areas, which is good. Those teams are, are still pretty much leading, but it, it seems like we have a larger list now. We just have other teams like Nobles, for example, that yep. you mentioned that are going to be in that mix and it's just the pool's deeper and it just means that there's going to be more teams fighting for the top of that pyramid as we get closer to the playoffs. And it's fun to watch, which is the greatest part. I will say before we, before we head out, one thing, January 1st came. And the recruiting season for sophomores has begun, which is always interesting to see. And we mentioned, we mentioned uh, Richard Gallant, who's a guy who, you know, getting a lot of college interest. Colleges were inquiring about him, not obviously talking to him because they couldn't, but they were interested in him prior to January 1st. Now that January 1st has come and gone, he's a guy who is going to get a lot of people contacting him. I, I know of schools out in the Midwest that are very interested in, in, in him. And Teddy Mutrin's another one of St. Sebastian's. So we actually have a story coming in the next magazine on Teddy Mutrin playing with his brother Casey, two terrific players with St. Seb's. And Teddy is, uh, Teddy tore it up last year as a freshman with St. Seb's. And he's doing the same thing this year with with that top line of Isaac Mitchell and Matt Cataldo. They've been unbelievable so far. But Teddy is a terrific player. 
great power forward. People are very high on him. And from the people I've talked to, he's a big NTDP candidate for, for next season. And he's 6'1", 196 pounds. That's, that's not bad <laughs> for an 07. And he's a good power forward. I was talking to Sean McCann, his head coach, and he was saying how he's a great two-way forward. Like, not a lot of kids come in as freshmen who are adept at... For back checking as hard as they forecheck. You you see this all the time. And I think he's a guy who I know Jeff Cox wrote that the odds on favorite for him is BC. His parents went there. Um, so that'll be an interesting one to watch. Thatcher Bernstein is another one, the goalie from Nobles. He's a really interesting, maybe the top goalie in prep hockey. Definitely one of them. 6'3, 209. <laughs> again, not a bad build for a goaltender. Won the Floodmar MVP last year. 06. Again, terrific player. I know, you know, Jeff Cox wrote that Harvard and you know, BC are kind of the two schools that are probably gonna be in on him. So that'll be an interesting one to see. Michael Monroe with Avon, another young player. Very interesting. So there's a lot of guys in prep who, younger players, Tyler Russo with Cushing, that are going to be getting those college calls. And come August 1st, when they can commit, it's going to be real. And we'll probably be back here talking about those players committing and what that means for those schools and the level of commitment or the level of um, the, the star, I guess, three and a half star, four star recruits, all that stuff. So there's some really good players in prep that, that, are going to be committing to colleges this year and it's going to be fun to watch where they end up and stay tuned for the website because the website will have coverage of all that which is always the fun stuff isn't it stephanie it is yeah lots of big players there for sure and we'll absolutely have continued coverage on them and and of course the prep season as it continues to progress and really evan it shows you all those big potential commits just how competitive the league is and what a great development platform it is for NCAA prospects. Yeah, and I think one thing a lot of people are saying this year, I guess it's a down year for kids going in the NHL draft from prep hockey. But even if it's a down year for that, where there just aren't a lot, I know, like I, I believe Joe Connor, Ethan Gardula, Sean Cohane, I'm probably forgetting some people. But for from a college prospect perspective, I mean, Teddy Mutra and Richard Gallant, Dylan Hunt, Nate Porter, like these are kids, Teddy McGosland, these are kids who are going to be committing this year, most likely, definitely getting calls from colleges. And I, it's, it's in it, as I say, I, I said, I use this word a lot, but it's interesting because um, at such a young age, they're making such a big decision. And that's something that it's a, it's a big thing this, to pick where you're going to college at the age of 16 years old. But these kids are good. Like Liam Kilfoyle from Salisbury, whether he decides to go to the Q or to stay in, in the NCAA or to go to the NCAA, it'll be interesting as well. So again, lots of good college hockey prospects in, in prep hockey, which is good. Indeed. Yeah. And it is exciting. And it is a big decision for, for such a young person to make in their life. But it's, it's seeing a lot of these, these, these athletes behind the scenes. I mean, they've also, they've worked their whole life for this and have put the time and effort and essentially this is what they've been preparing for for so many years and it's exciting. Yeah, I mean, I remember like I was talking to Teddy Mutron recently for the story and I asked him about college and, and all that stuff and he was like, it's just, I'm focused on the team. I'm focused on St. Seb's and while that might sound cliche, that's kind of the mindset you have to have. Like if you're sitting there going, oh, is BU going to call me? Is BC going to, like, it's, it's, it's overwhelming for, for a kid of that age or for anybody. So I think you do have to go in with that mindset of, hey, whoever reaches out, reaches out and I'll make the best decision possible for me and having faith. And I think from the kids I've talked to who are in that position, that's the mindset they have. And it's a good one. When I was that age, I thought I wanted to go to college in California and then I went to UMass. So uh, things change. You grow up. 
you see certain things, and I'm, I'm interested to see where these kids end up picking. But again, that won't happen until August, so we have a long time. I, I'd kill for some August weather right now, Stephanie, <laughs> but, uh, but, but we have a long time until then. Wouldn't we all? And <laughs> yeah, just the, the college process, you're right. I mean, it's you can let it stress you out or, or just depending on how you look at it. I mean, if you're getting calls from BC, BU, Northeastern, at the end of the day, it's it's a win-win no matter yeah. what you go with and <laughs> exactly. not not a bad position to be in so we will certainly need to keep coverage on that and of course with our with our prep hockey scene as that continues to emerge and as we said second half we're we're through the holiday season and I think we're really going to start to see these this list of teams and see what they can do. They're just heating up, and I think it's going to be really interesting when we get back here again in a few weeks down the road and just see where we're at leading into the playoffs. Should be fun. I'm excited for it. And make sure to listeners, keep tuned to the website. We have a lot of coverage there, obviously, every day on prep, college, every level. But prep especially right now is the big thing. And the the reader response has been amazing. And also, I love going to games and, and meeting parents and talking to them and talking to readers and subscribers. And I'm always open to listen to people. I like it. I enjoy getting to know the people that uh, that consume our content. And it's a real honor for me to get to meet those people and watch games and freeze together in these cold rinks, Stephanie. They're so cold. Didn't I tell you Merrimack was cold? <laughs> I, Merrimack I was warned freezing. You. And freezing. It was, Lawler was cold, but the, the Galant Arena next door was, was oh my God, it was disgustingly cold. Oh, oh my God, my, my gloves almost didn't even work there, but it was good. It was Actually, Extra cold, but that ice is pretty darn good. Yeah, as I say, the ice looked great in Gallant. So, I mean, it's always, if, if a place is cold, the ice is good. So, I guess it works out for the players. It certainly is. And, and again, yes, we, we do appreciate the feedback from our following and our fans, and we want to continue to encourage that. And, Evan, as always, this has been incredibly enlightening, and we can't thank you enough for such a great coverage of our prep hockey scene. Happy to be here. Do it again soon. We'll look forward to that. That does it for this edition of RinkWise. Our podcast is produced by David Yaz. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at nehockeyjournal.com and subscribe online at newenglandhockeyjournal.com. I'm your host, Stephanie Wood. Rinkwise is a Siemens Media Production.